Hello and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Well, good afternoon, District 3. This is your podcast host, Don Griffith. I'm here in Cave Creek, Arizona with Cindy Brown. Hi, Cindy. Hello. Welcome to the show. Cindy, how long have you been a Toastmaster? Well, I had to think about it, but January marks the beginning of my third year. Third year. So yes. we've had a lot of people on the show who have been in for many, many years, and others, like yourself, a relatively short time. What inspired you to seek out Toastmasters? And tell us about those early experiences in your club. My club is actually three years old as well. Her has been around for three years. And so they were promoting it. And actually, I wanted to start in October. And they said, oh, we're getting a whole new program. You'll have to wait. You'll have to wait. And actually, the anticipation of waiting made it even more exciting. So that's why I joined in January, because that's when Pathways began. And I sat through meetings, and I was just so wowed by everyone in the room. And I thought, I, I teach. I'm a public school teacher. So I have no problem talking in front of people. But in that room, the quality blew my mind. And it absolutely scared me. So then I thought, then I really need to do it if this is scary right now. So what's the name of that club? The Junior League of Phoenix. Okay. So when you say it was kind of scary, you were intimidated by the quality level of the speakers. Is that what you mean? Perhaps thought, I could never do that. Or I want to do that. Well, I knew I wanted to do that because in my career, I knew I was going to come to the end of a 30-year teaching career, and I wanted to know what could I possibly do next. And I joined just to sort of th see what are other people doing, and I thought public speaking would be a part of it for me because that's part of my personality. So when I watched all the women, because we're an all-women group, speak so intelligently on a variety of topics, it just made me wonder... Do I have the content to offer? Can I get up in front of more than 10 people in this room and you know, be in front of a crowd of 50, 100, 300? And even just doing the table topics, everything seemed so natural. And so it was interesting watching people. And there were a few people, kind of newer, um, who would have, get nervous. You could hear it in their voice. And it was just all those factors coming together. But the reality was I was putting more pressure on myself than the club had ever put on me. So you had a goal. I did. You had a self-improvement goal. You knew that you were going to have a career change. Things were going to go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And you knew that being able to communicate clearly would be important to that. Yeah. I think a lot of the people listening to that podcast will resonate with that. The desire to be able to be a good communicator, especially in today's world where everything seems to be electronic and at a distance, texting and Facebooking and all those things where you're not actually speaking, mm -hmm. you're typing. And that's you're communicating, true. yes. Right. And that's a skill that we might want to talk about on a different day. But Toastmasters is mostly about being able to speak clearly. It is. But through the Junior League of Phoenix, because that is a service agency, for me, Toastmasters was also leadership skills, managing meetings, because I really was going from the bubble of education for 30 years into, I don't know what. And I really just wanted to be prepared for whatever came my way, because I wasn't sure where all my talents were laying outside of education and what I could do. So 
learning to create that agenda and managing and communicating with others and doing all those functionary roles definitely have played an important part in where I'm headed right now, two years after the start of my journey. And you mentioned functionary roles. Now, for someone who might be tuning into this podcast and doesn't know how Toastmasters works, tell us about how your club runs a meeting. Just a quick overview of what happens at the Junior League of Phoenix Toastmasters. We start with the president welcoming. Our, some, we have a lot of guests that attend and, and the members. We go through the agenda. We say our mission statement. And then the, everyone has pre-signed up for all the different roles. We go through and everyone introduces what their role is, what their job is, what they're looking for. And then we begin our speeches. And of course, we have people evaluating that speech. But we also have every member doing a shorter version of that evaluation so that everyone gets the most feedback possible. And we really work on positive feedback. What did you do well? But also, what could you try to improve? So no one's doing a bad job. Everyone's doing the best they can in that moment. And it's just honest tips. And we go through the meeting. We evaluate how we did. But also, we have a Facebook group page that sort of promotes if we know something is coming up real exciting in the meeting, but also serves as a reflection. So it really helps us, our group, come together socially as well, because the topics are so amazing. We truly do learn from each other. So you mentioned a president. Mm -hmm. Are there other leaders in the group besides the president? We have a board. So we have the president. We have a vice president of membership. We have the vice president of education. I happen to be the vice president of public relations. We have a sergeant at arms who plans, who sort of gets everything set up for the meeting. And then we do something called a sip and speak, which is a more social, in-home type meeting event. We, oh, we have a treasurer, of course. And I believe those are all of our board Secretary? Members. Oh, yes, we do have a secretary, of course. You've been in just a few years, and you're already an officer. That's, that's strong. That's good. You're willing to take one of those jobs. In a new club, a lot of the members are, by definition, new. They don't have a Toastmaster background to bring to, uh, to the group, mm-hmm. so they have to learn it on the go. And that's, that's fun yeah. to do. Yeah, in my case, I actually became the, I think it was called the colonel at arms because the sergeant of arms, although she was committed to the job, had a lot of obligations or travel for her own personal job. So I was the the step in and the stand in, and it seemed as though I was doing more and more and more and more and more. And then when the year ended, I was, it was funny because I got to go to the board meetings too, even though I wasn't official board member. But then the next year, so now ending my, or beginning my second year, I knew I had a better direction on where my career path was going to go, and I purposely chose the vice president of public relations because I wanted to learn social media, I wanted to learn how to make the slides, I wanted to learn to communicate and be on top of promoting this event and that event, plus our meetings and everything else. So the job for me was intentional because I am learning so much in my club allows me to play around with Facebook and Instagram and create slides and take polls and put things out there. But it also brings us to a better place for communication amongst ourselves. You don't seem to me to be the kind of person who's afraid to speak because you have that 30-year background as a teacher. Right. You've been talking to kids and administrators for 30 years. A lot of people don't have that, though. They come in and they're that oh boy, I've got to give a speech at work and I am just about to die. I can't do this. But the irony of my background, when I showed up to 
JLP Toastmasters, my body reacted differently because this was a new audience for mm -hmm. me. It was all adults. I had I was following my pathway. So some of the speeches, you know, it was a stretch for me to prepare. And I knew what was on my paper was strong, but to stand in front of the group, I could feel myself shake. I could mm -hmm. feel my heart race. I could feel like the sweats coming on. Yeah. And it took a long time to get over that. And it was frustrating because my mind knew it was basically ridiculous. But my body said, well, this is how we're going to deal with the unknown. Yeah. And so once I flipped the switch that it wasn't about me and my information was for everyone at that table, it got easier. So right. going through the motions as often as you can, you start to realize that your message is for everyone else listening, and it's not really about you. And if you've prepared your words, you're going to be okay. Right. So Toastmasters for you sounds like a pretty good deal. It's been great. It really has. It, it's been much more than I thought when I walked in, because now I can see all the different levels and how everything kind of layers up to come up with a huge package to mm -hmm. move forward with whatever you want to do. Just, you know, talking in your own home, communicating with your business people, even in social events. Talking on a podcast. Yeah, my <laughs> first one. Yay. <laughs> You've been in for, you're starting your third year now, so you're kind of the one of the veterans in the group. Have you been able okay. to be helpful to the, any new members coming along? Yes, we have a mentorship program in the Junior League of Phoenix Club. So that's been nice because I can see a lot of those women, too, are, you know, it's nerve wracking. And now you're also fitting this into your schedule. So most people have come, you know, with a full life and we're asking, OK, make a commitment. And we only release our, our speech openings about a month ahead, which should be enough time. But obviously life happens and things come up. But it's been interesting to share my journey. And it's rewarding to me because I still think that I come off nervous or that I have too many ums and ahs and whatnot. But for someone who's new, they're looking at me as I was looking at the club, my first meetings, thinking, oh my God, they have it all together. And there are some members who join and they do come up and you're like, oh my gosh, they have everything. We can't call them new anymore. But we, we, everyone comes in at their own level, but everyone does succeed and grow. I haven't seen anyone slip backwards. I haven't seen anyone give up on themselves. And it's just a matter of if you have the time and you want to get better, then you show up and you're able to grow because it's one of the most supportive communities and everyone had a first day. Oh, that's the key thing is you said it, the supportive community. Now you've mentioned Junior League of Phoenix. Let's give you a chance to brag on them a little bit. What does the Junior League of Phoenix do? The Junior League of Phoenix is a thousand women strong and we build leaders in the community, usually through volunteerism, serving on different nonprofit boards throughout the community, helping. We have many partners, um, charitable partners that we go and support. And a lot of it is building our social networks, too, just so that we can build connection and find out. For me, it was I was going to change from education. I need to know what are other people doing in this day and age. So I thought, well, why not go and meet a thousand other women and see what they're currently doing? And I can make a decision of, yeah, I want to go in this direction or I don't. The Junior League also has different training opportunities and different um, experiences that they set up as their tradition so that we're tapping into all levels of the community. So we're really focused on making a better Arizona and a healthier Arizona. Cindy, you've been involved with the Junior League of Phoenix as a member and sure. joining the Toastmaster group. Has the Toastmaster experience helped you within the organization itself, the Junior League of Phoenix? 
It truly has. When I joined Toastmasters, it had been maybe four months into becoming a member of the Junior League. So I'm still considered a newer member of the Junior League. And like I said, it's a huge organization of a thousand women. So there's different levels of boards and management. And a position came open to be the vice president of membership training, which was always an interest of mine. And at the time, I was on the subcommittee just planning those training opportunities. And I thought, well, I'll just apply. If I'm not ready, they'll let me know. I don't get it. That's fine. I've only been in the organization a few years. Well, about four weeks ago, I found out I did earn the position of vice president of membership training for the Junior League of Phoenix, which is super exciting. And, but I really think it has to do with the Toastmasters. My interview was with eight other people on the phone. I couldn't see anyone's face. They formally would ask one question, introduce themselves, ask the question, I would respond. Obviously, I can't see if it's resonating with anyone. There was no head shakes for me to look at, no ahas. Um, but when I was finished, I felt like I had done a good job. I felt like I could answer the questions thoroughly. I could provide examples. And a lot of the examples I provided was with how I was able to mentor women in the Toastmasters Club and how I could plan events. And that gave me so many rich examples to pull from. And obviously all the practice in just promoting or and speaking within my club that I was just astounded that being a new member of the Junior League of Phoenix and having sort of groomed myself for this moment was, I, I believe, helped me get this position so early in my experience with the Junior League of Phoenix. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. And it always just makes me think of my favorite quote by, from Oprah Winfrey, there's no such thing as luck, it's when opportunity and preparation intersect. And that's really all I've been doing for the last two years is getting prepared because I never knew what opportunity was going to be coming up. And now I feel like I've, I've accomplished that through Toastmasters. <laughs> well, good. Sounds like it was a win-win for Junior League of Phoenix and the Toastmaster group. It is. And to me, it's all my worlds colliding, which makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You mentioned several times now about a 30-year teaching career that mm -hmm. is coming to a close. It is. So tell me about that. Tell me more about what's, what's going to happen to Cindy Brown. After 30 years of working with parents, obviously working with students, primarily in the elementary level, I just see there's a big shift in our community as far as the effects of social media, just stress and competition and a lot of emotional things happening at an earlier age. So my plan is to come up with some online programming and some public speaking opportunities and work with parents in small groups or through a pediatrician's office to coach them on preventable skills, prevention skills that they can give their kids so that they have a positive mindset when they're super young, when it's okay to make a mistake and it's okay to try again and just learn how to cope with those things and teach those kiddos how to reflect so they can navigate middle school and high school and even college more successfully because they already have a strong mental tool case, tool case instead of waiting until there's a problem perhaps in mm -hmm. middle school or high school. I would rather get ahead of it than wait for things to happen. So that's a business that you're going to start. Yes, it is called Right Now is Your Tomorrow. And oh. I'm hoping to launch May 2020. Wow. <laughs> so just in a few months, say the name of the, the company again. Right Now is Your Tomorrow. Right Now is Your Tomorrow. Well, great. You haven't abandoned education, it sounds like. You, you've had 30 years a teacher. Yeah. But now you're just, you're coming at it from a different angle. 
right. with the same concerns and the, the same clientele, parents, mm-hmm. administrators, students, all needing to learn a new skill. Right. And I've implemented the mindset skills in my classroom through growth mindset and social emotional learning lessons. And the parents on the back end will come in for conferences and tell me how they see their children navigating challenges and accepting when they get something wrong and how they go through that and come back around. So since I know it sticks with the kids, they're young enough, even at five, six, seven years old to understand it, I would rather put it inside their heads now so that they have all life to navigate it instead of teaching the skills after perhaps a negative mindset has set in or someone's already feeling defeated before they've even gotten started. Because the consequences for some of those negative feelings can be very serious. Yes. And in fact, one of the tipping points for me to know that this was the path I needed to take was the Arizona governor, Governor Ducey, just put into law um, a bill that has middle school and high school teachers mandated to learn suicide awareness, which means I look at a student and I, I feel that they have tendencies of suicide. When I heard that, I knew there was an easier fix get the kiddos when they're in elementary school, teach them how to navigate that, how to control their emotions, their successes. Remember those successes. That's your evidence for more success. And navigate through making a mistake or having a problem so that all the statistics that our governor has now identified, my goal is to eliminate that with the kiddos that are in elementary school now. And the other key thing, as a teacher, my class, they get the message. Well, they move on to other teachers. And they may still have it, but I'm not there to support it. So Mm -hmm. it also occurred to me, with me working towards my retirement, if I took a step back and changed my path and had the security of my retirement, I could coach the parents because the parents are going to be in that child's life forever. I wish I could be. I can't be. But I can definitely train those parents to help their kids be more empowered as they grow up. Well, that's great. Sounds like an exciting business and very beneficial How has Toastmasters helped you? It allowed me actually to dabble with the thoughts on how I want to present it. So a lot of my speeches, I used the concepts of growth mindset and social emotional learning to teach my members what it's about. And they've given me the confirmation like, wow, yeah, we need that. Or my daughters too. And these things never, you know, hit me. And I'm so glad you're sharing them. It also opened up more opportunities because people would say, oh, you should really talk to this group. Could you come to my church group? Can you come to my mom's group? Which was also great. Junior League of Phoenix has given me the opportunity to run parenting courses. So, of course, that's public speaking. And I made a PowerPoint, like a slideshow and all those skills. And I had to come up with the agenda for that. And it was an hour and a half presentation. Mm. I sought out other people in the Phoenix community, other entrepreneurs. So I'm part of the powerhouse group of women who are all female entrepreneurs just working in their own area. I, through participation with that, they did have a contest. Show us how much you've grown in the last year. And I wasn't going to do it because it was a one-minute Instagram post. And at that time, that was not my wheelhouse. And then I thought, well, I do need the practice. There's no harm in trying. So with the help of my teenager, we recorded a one-minute video, and I ended up winning the contest. <laughs> and so this last September, I was on stage for a total of five minutes, which I'm like, okay, I do that in Toastmasters, five to seven minutes. But I was in front of 
300 women all wanting to know about my journey, which was really exciting, but did not think when I started Toastmasters that I was going to be on a stage in front of 300 women as their motivational speaker. There you go. You had an opportunity to learn something new. Mm-hmm. Instagram. Yeah. And probably when you were done talking to your teenager, you said, hey, that was easy. Pretty much. She, I, she did add the music and all that. Yeah. But the power of it was, even when I recorded it, because it was really off the cuff, because it was one minute, my daughter looked at me, you know, hit, hit stop, and she's like, wow, that was really powerful. And it was, and it was a good, good moment for me. And in that moment, I said, if this is what I get, just this connection with my own daughter... Okay, I'm done. That's right. good. Little right. did I know I was going to go to the semifinals and then have to write an outline for the speech and then get up there and present. Congratulations. Thank you. Those all sound like great steps in your own personal development. What else is in store for Cindy? What about your future in Toastmasters? <sighs> wow. Uh, I probably will stay active as far as a, a board member role because that just seems to be who I am. I did start my second pathway. And it was funny, after finishing the first, I was like, well, do I want another one? And then I thought, I actually need the practice. And so I chose a a whole different path. I retook the beginning of your pathway assessment and I'm moving forward on that. But now, because I have experience, I know I can kind of skip around. And as other things are coming up for me, I can do that. Briefly explain when you say pathway. I know what it means, but maybe not everybody listening does. You're, you, there are, I don't even know, maybe 15 different pathways and you take an assessment and it comes up with maybe the top two or three that suit your needs based on the assessment. And ultimately it's your choice. The program doesn't dictate what you need to do. My first one was motivational strategies. So listening to me at this point, you probably saw that was a pretty good match. Uh, Now I'm moving on to more public speaking type skills. And you get to go at your own pace. So my first path maybe took about a year and a half, but I couldn't go to every meeting. I I couldn't go on a school night because for me it was too hard to plan what I wanted to say and um, take the time to come home late those evenings. So I usually waited for summer, and then I just kind of knocked out as much as I could in the summer. So it's, it's flexible, and it's on your time. And just know, though, the projects do take longer because you have to implement something. And the projects can also be done in your workplace. Sure. I did a, um, in-service for my teachers and a group of parents at my school, and that counted as one of my projects in my level five, which was exciting because then I knew I was getting closer to the end just yeah. to be finished with the path. Not that it was a bad path, but you always like to finish what you start. Mm-hmm. So that was good. And then, like I said, the other one was within our club. And it was interesting that you mentioned that everyone joins for a different reason. So the membership campaign that I created was, why do I JLPTM? Why do I Junior League of Phoenix Toastmaster? And we had all of our members send a statement. They just filled in the blank. I JLPTM because, because I want to get better at public speaking at my business, because I need to organize meetings. And we took all of their things and all their statements and we put it on social media slides and asked everyone to share it. So the contest was you got one point if you submitted a statement or one point for each statement. And then if you shared our post to your own social media page, then you got two points. And so we gave them a coffee card at the end, but it ran for the entire length of the membership drive from the district. And it was exciting to see why, why is everyone here? Because also as a mentor, then now I know what I need to say to you to get you to show up. 
And you know, even before they join, mm -hmm. if it's someone that you are encouraging to join, yeah. and you know something about what their goal is, and you've now seen all these responses in this survey, yeah. you can fine-tune your message, right. which is always valuable. It's going to be valuable in your new company to do that. Right. Because not every client that comes to you is going to have the identical problem. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a range of issues that they want your help with. Right. And it was okay to say, I'm just here for social reasons. Yeah. Which is great because oftentimes, you know, you could be going to a work party, you could be going to the neighborhood potluck, and you want to be able to talk spontaneously and be on topic and be personable. So even the introverts, you know, had the reason to be there because it was just simply, I, I have to function in my environment. And social is just as good a reason as being a leader in a company or mm -hmm. learning new skills. And even if, you just go because you enjoy being with those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a community. It definitely is. You make friends. And I've been in Toastmasters 22 and a half years. Wow. And I joined for the skills, but I stay mostly for the people. Mm -hmm. I'm still in my original club. In fact, yeah. I met this morning. It's a Thursday morning club, Voice of Many. It okay. meets at 6.15 in the morning. Wow. And it's now mid-afternoon at your place, and I'm a little tired, but that's okay. I've been enjoying talking oh, to you. Thank you. Cindy, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I think that a lot of people are going to enjoy hearing your perspectives. No, thank you. As a relatively new Toastmaster who's obviously very enthusiastic about what you've learned, what you've been able to do, mm -hmm. and the organization that you're already in, the Junior League of Phoenix, mm -hmm. plus the exciting new business opportunity that you have that's been enabled by the skills you learned in Toastmasters. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's been exciting. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.